It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap ball. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs to your corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. Trading places with JT the Brick. I was out in SoCal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and now it's JT's turn to be out there for the next three days to be with the Raiders. Joint practice is day number two for the Silver and Black in Thousand Oaks, California with the Los Angeles Rams. Went down today. It's Practice session is actually concluding shortly, so the Raiders will we'll talk about what went down today. We will hear from a couple of the players that hit the the podium, including quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who is scheduled to meet with the media ahead of Saturday's game against the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Thank you so much for joining me today, Raider Nation. It's always an honor to be here in the studio with Bobby Machado, our great producer that we have here at Lotus Broadcasting. I'm Harry Ruiz, and I'm excited about the silver and black. I, From what I saw last weekend, of course it was fun getting a being able to call a game where the Raiders scored four touchdowns where the Raiders generated two turnovers where the Raiders stopped the 49ers in fourth down twice in the game getting the ball back four times that was fantastic for the Raiders but at the same time I'll say what I said on the air during the broadcast on the Spanish radio network for the Raiders I was like hey I want to get excited but it's preseason guys we will get some good view of some players that we don't know if they will actually be a part of the 53-man roster once that final third preseason game happens and the roster cuts happen that this year it's straight from 90 to 53. We don't know who will be on the squad, who will not, but I'll say this. I love the attitude that we saw from this Raiders defense. Three consecutive three and outs to kick off the game against the 49ers and their number three draft pick from just a couple years ago, Trey Lance. That was fantastic to see. See the pressure? They sacked Trey Lance twice in the first three plays of the game. That's fantastic. And guess what? No Chandler Jones, no Max Crosby, no Jerry Tillery. You know the starters weren't seeing action with the silver and black, and the Raiders still put pressure on the quarterback, still were able to get an interception, still were able to get a fumble. And heck, I'll even say this, the 49ers touchdown, the only points they put up on the scoreboard, technically it's going to count like a pass from Trey Lance, but heck, Duke Shelley, it's pretty much his touchdown pass because it should have been his interception, but he wasn't able to bring in the ball. It stayed in the air, and it ended up being caught on the deflection by a 49ers player. That's how lucky they were to even put points up on the scoreboard. They missed two field goals, and you know what? It was a game where the Silver and Black, they got the win, but at the end of the day, winning, in my opinion, That's the least important thing during preseason, seeing how your team plays on the field, how a guy like Aiden O'Connell starts soaking his feet, talking about the football level of the NFL, because it's a big change 
going from Purdue to going to the NFL. And he got that experience, three quarters, all for himself, and he passed the test, in my opinion. 15 of 18. Accurate. And two of his incomplete passes were drops. He put the ball out there, and his wide receivers should have kept the ball, but you know what? It's preseason. If you're if you if you're gonna commit mistakes, make them happen right now. And something that I like about this team is that they're putting in that mentality where they want to stack days up over and over and over again. They didn't have a great day yesterday. They weren't satisfied. They wanted to be better. Today, from what I'm reading from the reports out there in Southern California and Thousand Oaks, today was a better day for the silver and black, which is fantastic which is what the Raiders wanted to do any team can win any game the great teams they're consistent they go into practice when they kick off the week Wednesday Thursday Friday they stack up those days and they become better there and then on Sunday they just put it out all on the field and they're not looking at oh who do we have in front of us today oh it's the mighty chiefs No, they just look at it. It's like, hey, we go out there, we do our job, we're going to win games. And that's where the Raiders want to be. And so far, you look at the leaders on the field, Max Crosby, who, my God, he never stops talking, and I love it. I was there at practice yesterday, and I, I can guarantee you, he got into Stafford's head. And that was impressive for Max Crosby, where he was getting to Stafford, would just touch him, Wouldn't push him down. Wouldn't tackle him, of course. Quarterback has a red jersey. Leave him on his feet. But he would make it be known. Yeah, you threw that ball. You might have had a completion right there, but guess what? Real game, you were sacked all day. We're dogs. He's bringing everything. I was standing next to Eddie Pascal, and when he arrived, and Max Crasby looked over at him, he's like, Eddie, it's showtime. And you know when it's showtime in SoCal, you have to put on a show. Because those Showtime Lakers, they put on a show in Southern California. And now the Raiders, which, by the way, shout out to the fans. I I saw a couple of fans when I drove into the Rams facility. And um, there there were fans out there waiting just to see a glimpse of the players that rolled in in a bus. Five buses for the Raiders. And they just wanted to be able to wave at them. And I was like, damn, I was there early. That means the fans were there even earlier. So thanks for showing love to the silver and black. We know that L.A., that's a Raider city. That's a Raider region. You go to Southern California, you might have two football teams playing there right now. It's still silver and black. It's still Raider Nation all day when you talk about Los Angeles, California. Second preseason game going down Saturday. You'll be able to listen to the game and the pregame show and the postgame show here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Shout out to JT the Brick. I listened to the highlights during the show on Monday, and I really enjoyed his his call. Great job. Unfortunately, I can't listen to it live because I'm calling the game as well on Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM. Cheap plug. You can listen to us on our sister station here at Lotus Broadcasting as well. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the highlights. I was like, hey, JT, that's what I'm talking about, man. 
Be, be versatile. Be able to do different things. The more you can do, the better. And also shout out to Q with the pregame show. Um, I saw him out there with DP and with uh, Kirk Morrison. That was pretty cool. And um, I agree. I heard him on the show the other day. It was like, Kirk, one of his favorite players, is like, heck, me too. I saw him up there in the press box, and it's so pretty surreal being able to tap him up and be like, yo, Kirk. I was like, and he's doing a fantastic job in the media too. Calling games, filling in for Rich Eisen here and there. Love to see it. Donald Penn, he was out there at joint practices yesterday. Dude is huge. Dude can put in the work if he wanted to, but hey, he's a family man now. He's with his kids. He's enjoying watching Raider football out there, and that's what we got to do right now. Us from the outside, observe what the players on the field are doing. I got two guests lined up for today's show. Joe Arrigo from Franchise Sports Media will be on the show during hour number one. And in hour number two, Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, who I bumped into at the tailgate on Sunday. The one game of the year, I don't wear a suit because it's too freaking hot outside during the August days that we got to play in preseason at Allegiant Stadium. I just wore a polo and I was out at the tailgates for 35 minutes, 40 minutes tops. And the Raider Nation, they didn't party out in numbers because it's preseason, because it's too hot. But I saw the wrecking crew they had their tailgate. I saw a lot of folks that had their tailgate. Raider Dad, shout out to them, their organization. They had 55 families, I thought, I think was the final number that they were able to bring to the game with the ticket donations. That was fun. I usually just tailgate Lot J and Lot H because it's the closest one to the media entrance. So that's where I was at. So Joe Rigo, our, our number one. Murph, our number two. And whenever I don't have a guest on the air, you, Raider Nation, my favorite guest, 702-365-9200. Call in and let's talk some Raiders football because things are definitely getting fun. We are 24 days and an hour exactly at this moment from kicking off the 2023 regular season for the Silver and Black. The regular season is creeping up up on us, and the Raiders want to do their thing. It's back-to-back road games for the Silver and Black, Denver, and Buffalo, which, by the way, how crazy is that? Raiders, they host the first preseason game at Allegiant Stadium, and they don't play at Allegiant Stadium until six weeks later. I don't know if it was because they were trying to take care of the fans and didn't want them to be out in the heat as much with tailgating. Or if it was just like, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And you know what? You got to adapt and be able to get the job done. We will hear from Josh McDaniels. He had his press conference today before day two of joint practices. So we will go with that. But first, let's go to the phone lines because we already got Raider Nation lined up to talk about the silver and black. And we're going over there to SoCal. Gangsta Raider. How you doing, man? What's happening, homie? You know what I'm saying? They out here in L.A. doing their thing, you know what I'm saying? But I'm pumped up like you, you know what I'm saying? At first, I was cautiously optimistic, you know what I'm saying? But after hearing the reports of the um, joy practices and after seeing how we did them, I I hate that they even score. We should have had that interception, you know what I'm saying? But I think the shutout would have really gave us too big of a head, you know what I'm saying? Because just like last year, we went undefeated in the preseason, and I think that kind of gave us a little big, big head. So I think if we'd have shut them out this um, last week, it gave us a little big, too big of a head. You know what I'm saying? But I like the way the defense is gelling. I like the way Max is making everybody healthy, held accountable. 
You know what I'm saying? I like the way that um, Devontae forced himself back because uh, I heard the coaches wanted to keep him out, and he went to them and begged to come back. I'm liking this. I'm liking this a new attitude from the Raiders. I like the new accountability. I'm, I'm liking it. You know what I mean? I'm really, really going to be excited once Jason, Jock Jacob come back. Then I know we're going to be on hit all cylinders. But what, we, what they showing so far has really got me excited. You know what I mean? And my question is to you is what do you think is the um, most pertinent thing we need to see in game two? Because I know the competition ain't as good as Frisco, but I think it's the consistency. If we can show up consistently, consistently like we did against Frisco, even against a uh, a team that's not as good as Frisco, or you know, not doesn't have many star players that they used to have, but we can show up consistently and put it down. I think that's the most important thing. What do you think? One hundred percent agree, and I love the way that he described it. Thank you, Gangster Raider, for your call today. Cautiously optimistic. I'm happy that the Raiders won that game on Sunday. I'm happy with the way they performed, but I'm not going to get too excited and be like, yo, the Raiders, they are here. We're going to go 17-0, and we're going to go and win the Super Bowl. It's like, hey, game one of the preseason, look good. Now let's get another good week of practice. Let's have another good performance in the game. You see different strategies being used all over the NFL. Kansas City, they announced that they were going to play their starters the first half of their game this weekend. Hey, that's the way they want to do things. It's been working for them. Good for them. The Raiders, they want to take care of their star players. We saw what happened to Devontae Adams at joint practices a week ago on Friday in Henderson, Nevada. That was a controlled uh, environment that they were practicing in. You don't want to have injuries. So that's what happened over there. And what do I want to see from this game? I want to see the defense keep balling out the way they did. I want to see the defense still have that hunger to be like, yo, you know what? We stole the ball four times from the Niners. Two turnover on downs, one interception, one fumble. Let's build on that and let's do even better. Let's do more. And we'll talk about it a little bit for um, later in the show. But even Max Crosby yesterday, I was following along that play where the little pushing and shoving happened with um, the uh, Cam Akers from the Rams. And you know what? People said, what was Max doing over there? They had already blown the play dead. Well, guess what? He went to punch the ball out. Because why? You see your leader not give up on any play and try to get that fumble, try to steal the possession, guess what everybody else behind him is going to do? Try to do the exact same thing. And heck, you had six Rams players all around him, which, by the way, I'll give credit to the Rams players because they were close to the Rams bench, they were far from the line of scrimmage, and the easiest thing for the Rams players were, the moment that Cam Akers punched um, Max Crosby or threw a punch, was that everybody just jump on Max and go against him six on one. No, they were trying to separate the players. They weren't jumping Max Crosby, which they could have done, and they didn't. Max threw a punch at the ball. Akers didn't appreciate it, threw a punch at him. It could have gotten worse, but we know Max. He's doing his thing with uh, MMA, and he's learning how to control people. That's good. And let's hear precisely from Max Crosby when he was asked about the little scuffle, the little snafu that happened yesterday in Thousand Oaks. Kind of wanted to pick up the energy a little bit more. Is that kind of kind of chasing at the ball a little bit when we got into it with Cam? Was that just kind of trying to get the energy up? Uh, just doing what I do, uh, and he didn't like that. So, you know, he got what he got. This is what it is. Doing what I do, exactly. And he's not trying to cause any issues. He's not trying to create any fighting scenarios. No, he's just trying to get to the ball, and I appreciate that. 
2016, the Raiders had 30 turnovers. Their defense wasn't great, but they were able to do the, do so, getting the ball from the other team in the most opportune times in the games. And that was one of the big reasons why the Raiders got 12 wins this year. That year, sorry. Now could you imagine if this defense can do the same and play at a great level where they're getting to the quarterback, when the linebackers are covering tight ends in a very efficient way, where you're controlling the opposing team's um, running game, and also cornerbacks, you know that Marcus Peters is going to ball out. You know that Marcus Peters is going to do his job, and he's going to be, be great with the silver and black. It's just complimentary football. And that's what we saw Sunday. The offense was effective. The defense did their thing. Special teams as well. Can we go real quick with Mitch? So that way he doesn't have to hold much. We got another caller on the line. Mitch from New Jersey. Mitch, my man, how are you today? How's it going, Harry? Doing fantastic, man. You know, I thought, why can't I be a gangster? But Grandpa supersedes gangster. Big boys, 14 months. There you go. Time is flying. Hey, what did you think about hey, the Raiders? Uh, you enjoyed it on Sunday? Well, how much, how much can I get over here? But from what I read and heard, and first of all, I think it should be two preseason games. It, it, joint practices. Uh, I'm waiting for somebody, uh, one of our starters to get hurt and seriously hurt. And every day, someone's getting hurt in this league. But uh, I got to like, well, if what you've seen from Zakia uh, White, they're going to like it. And same with a, a backup quarterback. He looks uh, pretty good. I know it's one game, Aiden. But you know, and poor Jimmy, he's good. But he's, he's always uh, somebody in the big elephant in the room. And we're drafting somebody first, first or second round, I think. I think what was the Pac-12. When I get in Caleb, when I get in Drake, and you love to have him, Caleb's going number one with second eyes on his arm, on the both arms. I hope we can hold up a DJ... Ukulele. I hope so. I will. I, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. I know USC missed on him, but um, gotta like defense. But I like our offense this year. It's gonna be good. Hey, let's hope they deliver, Mitch. We really appreciate your call. We got to go to a quick commercial break. But first, I want to remind you, everybody, that to help support the Maui disaster relief efforts, all 750-plus Raising Cane's restaurants across the country will be donating 15% of profits today. The funds raised will go directly to providing shelter, housing, and other resources to those impacted by the fires in Maui. You can help by ordering in restaurant, drive through to go, or online all today. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. Back to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. I'm the same guy every single day. Every time I come in here, I come to get better. So, uh, yeah, some days you're going to feel like <laughs> Some days you're going to feel great. Um, it is what it is. got to get better and find ways to improve. You know, that's, those are the days you get better when you don't feel like you want to go. When you don't feel, you know, when you're feeling bad for yourself, that's when you really got to, you know, go to that dark place. So, uh, for me, you know, I, no matter what it is, I'm, I'm trying to get to that place. No matter what, um, and just bring my teammates with me. Mad Max Crosby, the guy that puts 110% if it's stretching, if it's individual periods, if it's one-on-one, if it's 11-on-11, game day, practice, 
private sessions, everything he's doing, he always puts his 110% into it. And you notice that whenever he is uh, visible to anybody, that's why he is the way he is. That's why he's one of the best players in the NFL. And that's why I I don't doubt it that one day he will be the best player in the NFL because he puts in the work and he never stops grinding. Another man that never stops grinding, that always puts 110% into everything he does, is our guest at this time, Joe Arrigo from Franchise Sports Media, who I've seen out there at training camp very often with the silver and black covering the team for his website. Joe, how are you? Always a pleasure talking with you, man. Man, I'm great. Just got back from UNLV practice. So, uh, man, I'm I'm loving it, Harry. Man, thanks for having me on. It's football time, man. That great iron is firing up. Uh, talk to me about what you've seen with the Raiders that has surprised you in a positive way comparing the team from 2022 to 2023 with Josh McDaniels at the helm. You know, I talked about this on the show that got released yesterday on, on, our, on our website uh, with TQ. Um, the Raiders players are are smarter, and and I mean smarter from a, from a, a football IQ standpoint. I believe that it's analyze, attack, and destroy, and 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 adapt as well. Something that they've done a real good job is adapting and, and, and to the new scheme and adapting to whichever play calls were happening. Uh, you know, where if they have to make an adjustment, if, you know, if they have to change change up what they're doing based on what they see. Uh, with the offense and on the defensive side of the ball. And then offensively, you know, again, you're getting more of the McDaniels guys because you know as well as I do, traditionally the Raiders players are, you know, seek and destroy, you know, see ball, hit ball. And now I think we're in a new generation, a new era of football where, you know, having a high football IQ is very important. And I think that's something that this this staff and, and this you know, under the, the, the Ziegler regime, I think that's something that they put a premium on. Absolutely. And, Joe, you would talk about high IQ players, and you can go back last year. Deron Harmon, he was one of those guys. He wasn't brought back, but they brought in a fella by the name of Marcus Epps, who at training camp has looked as a veteran, even though he's just four years into his career. What have you seen from him that can change this defense, and not only Trayvon Merrick that's next to him? I think communication. And any time on the back end of the secondary, that that's that's the most vital part about it is if you can communicate, and it's going to allow Merritt to do what he does best, which is pretty much play center field, and, and become a playmaker and go get the ball. If you look, you know, go back and look at guys uh, like a Darren Sharper, and during his career, you know, he was a guy that was, you know, you put him closer to the line, he can make plays, but he was more known, especially early on in his in his career as a playmaking free safety. And I think that, that will, that's what's where Epps is going to help marriage. And i tell you what, that corner group, you know, ha- having a guy like Marcus Peters brings respect to the, to the defense. And he's an alpha dog. And Max is an alpha dog, too. Um, but with Peters, he's a guy, you know, he's probably the first guy since Charles Woodson that opposing defense has to say, okay, on the back end, who do we not throw at? Who do we have to account for at all times? And in turn, that's going to make everybody else better. Yeah, that definitely helps out a lot. We're talking with Joe Arrigo from Franchise Sports Media. Yesterday was the first day that Tyree Wilson was out on the field with the silver and black. How much of a game changer is that for the Raiders? Because obviously, 
I don't think we'll see him on Saturday, and I doubt it that we'll see him in Dallas either when they're playing the Cowboys. But just being able to have him out there on the field and start getting his feet wet and start feeling the what it is that you, he's going to get in the NFL, how much of a game changer is that for the Raiders? I think it, it, it's huge because now they have depth. And that's the one thing that they haven't had on their defensive line in a number of years is depth. And you got, you got Wilson, Max, you still got Chandler Jones, and my guy APJ, Adam Plant Jr., who's doing some nice things as well. Now you got, you got four guys that you can, you can, you can feel comfortable that can get to the quarterback at any given time. And, you know, I would take the cautious approach with, with, with Wilson, to be honest with you. I mean, he's coming, you know, he's, he's a freak. He's what, he's above 6'5. Long, quick, athletic, explosive. You want a guy like that to be there for the long term. And he's the bookend to Max Crosby. So if you have two guys that can get to the quarterback opposite ends, that changes everything on the defense. So this is a marathon with him, not a sprint. The Raiders are very wise with the way they handled everything by, you know, keeping them out and, and taking a cautious approach. And, you know, again, they see, they see a long-term future with him. They don't see – something where he needs to come out and have seven sacks the first two games. That'd be great. Don't get me wrong. But if he ends up having seven sacks the final two games and it helps them get for a playoff push or, or to put them in a position to, to do something special, I think they would rather have that. Absolutely. And Joe, now going to the offensive side of the ball, uh, a lot of uh, light bulbs were turned on the moment that Trey Tucker got drafted by the Raiders and a lot of fans started speculating, hey, are they going to trade Hunter Renfro? Is there a spot in him with this team because they got Jacoby Myers? Now they drafted Tucker. Where does Renfro fit? I think we've all seen that they are finding ways to be able to use everybody in that crowded wide receiver room. That is a crowded wide receiver room with talent. Absolutely, and it, it, this, it, this is probably the most talented wide receiver room they've had in a long time, obviously led by Devontae. But you can't have enough good weapons in today's NFL. This isn't the NFL of the 80s where it's three yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, this is where you can spread teams out. And at the same time, it gives them a lot of options offensively because when you have four or so really good wide receivers, I say even five, you can just say Philip Dorsett or somebody comes around in there and somebody you have to account for, right? You have, you have that group of people, and then you can turn around and play two tight end sets with, with Meyer and, and, and Hooper. Like you, you, or Meyer and Hooper, excuse me, you have a, a, an offense that gives a lot of, that could give a lot of teams problems because now you've got to spend a little extra time. Okay, this is what they're doing when they go empty. This is what they do with, with three, but they go three by one or they go two by two. Whatever it may be, if it's 12 personnel, if it's you know, 13 personnel, whatever it may be, they can, they can do a lot of different things with it, and that's going to cause opposing defenses to really like spend a little extra time trying to study, which in turn will take less time away from something else, and that's where you win the game. Of course, and now going to the quarterback position, how how impressed were you with Aiden O'Connell in a game situation? Because in my opinion, he has grown from when we first saw him in mandatory minicamp where he was taking a while to get rid of the ball to now being in the game where he just felt like a natural out there on the field. At Purdue, you know, he didn't have a lot of talent around him, and he almost had to be perfect, and he had to get the ball out on time, on schedule, and whatnot, and if you look at what he did in the game on Sunday, he did that. And he's looked, you know, he's gotten better with, with, with rookie camp, with, with mini camp, OTAs. He's gotten better. 
And now in training camp, he's looking apart. Now, is he the answer? I mean, look, Jimmy G's the guy, you know, like, and if Jimmy's healthy and remains healthy, he's going he's gonna to win some games people don't think the Raiders have a chance of winning because um, that's what Jimmy G does. Uh, but if, he's, if he goes down, look, Aiden O'Connell showed, again, I mean, albeit it was against the twos with the 49ers, that's, that's the one thing, like, I, I was talking with, with TQ about this <clears throat> during the show. It was, you, can't not, you can't be upset with, with the fact that the Raiders dominated the 49ers from start to finish last game. I mean, you really can't. And, well, the, well, the 49ers didn't play any of their starters. Well, really, the Raiders didn't play too many of either. And because of that, um, they, they, their twos and threes dominated. And O'Connell, I mean, look, he got the ball out quick. He made some throws. I think Turner had a, a really egregious drop. I think he on a dig route that would have been a, that would have been a first down. Um, and and that that that's his biggest flaw as, as a receiver is being inconsistent. But that throw was a really strong throw. It was early, either late in the first quarter or early in the second quarter. I really like what they have with O'Connell. You know, it's early. It's, you know, really one preseason game into his career. But all, I think at this point you have to have some type of optimism when you look at that. And, you know, I know, we, I know you've seen articles where they, where they said, you know, is he the next Tom Brady? I, I would never want to put that on, on anybody to be the next anybody. I think at this point if he could come out and be the first Aiden O'Connell and, and be a guy that – fits the system and does with all all the things within McDaniel's system, he'll have a fine career. Heck, Joe, the 49ers, the first two quarterbacks they rolled out to the field were the third overall picks in their respected drafts. Trey Lance, 2021, Sam Darnold, 2018. Aiden O'Connell wasn't picked until the fourth round by the Silver and Black, and he outplayed both Lance and Darnold. Well, Trey Lance is a dumpster fire. Let's just be real about it. Right now, if you're a fan of the 49ers, you're, you have to question at some point giving up all your, those assets for him. And for him, for a guy that played really before he got drafted one college game the year before he got drafted and wasn't that impressive in that game. So with, with, with Trey Lance, I think that just shows that, you know, I, I don't think Kyle Shanahan is the genius everybody makes him out to be. Um, I think that's a lot of good PR and, and kind of living off your daddy's image a little bit. Um, but at the same time, you know, Brock Purdy did a heck of a job last year. And and Sam Darnold, look, Sam needed time to develop. I, I still think Sam, you know, played way too early during his time with the Jets and, and getting hurt and whatnot like, hasn't helped him. Probably should have stayed another year at USC for being, you know, looking back in retrospect. But you know, he did outplay them both. And that, and that shows, and I think it shows two things. One, the 49ers are not as deep as people want to make them out to be. And two, it shows the Raiders are maybe a little bit deeper than what people give them credit for. Absolutely. We're talking with Joe Arrigo from Franchise Sports Media. So test number one when it comes to preseason games is in the books. Test number two coming up Saturday in SoFi at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. What are you looking? What are you looking for from the Raiders in that game? Stay healthy. That that's number one. Like you're, if you're playing starters, if you're playing some of your dudes for a series or two, get out of that bad boy healthy, and get the young guys as many reps as you can possibly get them, just because they you know they need to have that. I want to see the defense continue to do what they did against the 49ers. I want to see them dominate. I think. 
you know, listening to Max's soundbite, you know, before it came on, um, Max is playing pissed off and with a purpose. And I think that he's trying to set the tone for the defense. And I think that's something that they want him to do. I mean, he looks, he looks like, you know, you know, I'll get, again, give TQ credit. He looks like Jason Taylor body type right now. I mean, he's slimmed down. I mean, if you look at him, he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. And if that's the, if the defense takes that mentality with Marcus Peters mentality on the back end, they should come away with a lot more victories and losses and offense. Excuse me, offensively, you know, I want to see I want to see them do what they did this past week, which is dominate up front on the offensive line. I mean, football games are one up front. They're not they're they're not one, you know, they're yeah, you can win passing the ball and whatever. But if you can dominate the line of scrimmage, dominate the person in front of you, then you're you're going to win more ball games than you lose on either side of the ball. And the offensive line did that on Saturday against a, a 49ers defense that, I mean, when when the starters went there, it's vaunted. But they went out there and, and really bullied the 49ers, especially that first series. Like Zeus White, who I think, if he has another big game, I think, I mean, I, I believe the Raiders have something with him. Um, Zeke Tresvant for Franchise wrote a real article, a feature on Zeke that came out yesterday. I think I think uh, on Zeus, excuse me, Zeus is a guy that I think has a chance to to really help out Josh Jacobs. So he doesn't have to carry the load as much once he comes back, which I believe will be in the next week or two. Yeah, that's the best case scenario for the silver and black being able to have the full squad once Week One rolls around. Uh, Joe, where can folks follow your work and everything you're doing uh, with Franchise Sports Media and anything you want to talk about? Let us know. Well, uh, you can follow us. Uh, follow me at Joe Arrigo, FSM's A-double-R-I-G-O-F-S-M on uh, all social media accounts. Um, and at the Franchise LV, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. We're trying to do some special stuff there. Uh, we have a couple things that we, we did a documentary on former UNLV basketball player Chris Clyborne. Um, it's about his daughter, uh, uh, Kiera, and her battle with cancer from the time she was born. Um, so the trailer is out. That should be coming out shortly. Uh, our high school football stuff, we kick off the season tomorrow night. Uh, the game of the week for us is Green Valley. Uh, we'll be at Green Valley High School with myself and Anthony Bernal. Uh, also, uh, he's on the Porterway podcast. Uh, we'll be out there shooting that game. We've got, I think, six different photographers throughout the city that will be out covering high school football this year. And uh, obviously our UNLV co- coverage, I'll put up against anybody. And uh, we have the, the show, uh, the Hey Red podcast. I'll be coming out tomorrow morning with uh, Mia Green and myself talking about everything we see at practice and everything UNLV related, uh, maybe taking some questions in there as well. So, um, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm excited. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Football is back. High school football starts. College football is, you know, two weeks away. Our weekends are filled with football until January, Harry, and I don't think that, there's a better time and it's busy i know it's busy for you as well uh but i i I wouldn't change it for the world hey busy is good brother thank you so much joe regal for joining us today franchise sports media great local coverage hope to see you soon man i'll see you soon brother thank you for having me on
There he goes, Joe Arrigo. Appreciate him joining me here today on the JT The Brick Show. We're going to keep on rolling here on today's show. But before, I want to remind you that Remy Martin invites you to Dre's Beach Club at the Cromwell every Sunday in August for Carnival Latin Sundays. Remy Martin will be there providing free Remy 1738 samples. Enjoy the fun in the sun at one of the premier day clubs on the Strip while a live DJ plays your favorite Latin music. Music. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Let's go to a break. And after it, I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Do you see an edge on this defense? Because honestly, I do. And it's been a while since I've seen it. 702-365-9200. Call us and we'll have you on the air after this break. to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Just, I think this is a normal uh, joint practice. Um, we, you know, I, I'm, if, that's, if that's what they said, then, you know, obviously they, they, uh, they set a high standard for themselves and our team, and we're trying to, to build to that. So, um, you know, I don't think it was... I don't think we would have ever assumed to come out here in the first day against a new team, you know, just do everything perfectly. They're a good football team. they got a lot of good players, and they're well coached. So, um, you know, hopefully we can see some improvement today. Yeah, they want improvement. They want to be better every single day. That's what the silver and black should be doing. And from what I'm reading from the folks that were actually out there today is that the Raiders actually did put more effort and had a better day today against the Rams compared to yesterday, which is fantastic. And I remember I actually asked uh, Rob Spillane that during his press conference after the second day of joint practices with the Niners. And I was like, I know you're not keeping score during uh, joint practices, but do you think you were better than the Niners that you got a win over them on practice. He's like, hey, we don't do that. We just focus on getting the work in and every single snap trying to be better than we were in the previous ones. And that's the mentality right now with the silver and black, especially in a day like today. Yesterday I was there and I was looking out on the field. I was like, I don't see Aaron Donald. I don't see Aaron Donald. And then I look back in their weight room and I see this monster and I was like, yep, Aaron Donald is indoors right now. He's not practicing today. Day off. Hey, when you're the best defensive tackle that we've seen over the last 20 years, you deserve a day off or two. You get to pick and choose what you're going to do because you're putting in the work the whole year. And once you get on the field, you're a wrecker. You change games. You're a machine out there on the field. Well, Aaron Donald, he was out there today at practice. And there's reports, and I'm reading right now, from Logan Reaver. He posted on Twitter, shout out to Logan from 8 News Now. He said, we haven't even gotten through one-on-ones and we have another scuffle. And it was between Aaron Donald and Itani Muti, who is a, a, an offensive lineman for the Silver and Black. And it's like, hey, you want to see that competitiveness. You want to see the players just bringing the juice. And you know what? There will be pushing and shoving and... Hopefully, never again 
a massive brawl like there was a couple of years ago out there in Los Angeles, which, by the way, it was past the shooting period, but there were fans up in the mountains next to the fields out there at, at um, in Southern California, and they recorded that, and they posted it on YouTube, and it looked nasty. It looked bad. And you don't want to see players out there doing that kind of thing. And fortunately, yesterday, it was taken care of. It was controlled. And uh, Max Crosby, he was the biggest man out of all the guys that were there in that little mini scuffle with um, a punch thrown at the ball, a punch thrown back at Max, and then just controlled today. Apparently, it was it didn't escalate either. That's positive. That's what you want to get out of these sessions, becoming better. Being a player that's there to put in the work and be conscious that, hey, there's a good chance, a 99.9% chance that we won't see Aaron Donald on Sunday or Saturday, sorry. So you got to get your work in today against one of the best defensive tackles in the history of the NFL. Same thing for the Rams players. They're not going to face Max Crosby more than likely on Saturday. So if you want to start to figure out what he does and the tendencies or the different moves that he swings at you and the way that he bull rushes through people, that's your opportunity to do so. You'll win some, you'll lose some, but at the end of the day, it's about improving on your skill. And that's what the Raiders right now, they're 1,000% focused on. Look, the offensive line... They need to open the holes for the running back, no matter who it is. The offensive line, they need to keep keep Jimmy G standing. They got to keep him on his feet. They can't allow him to be taken down. You know it'll happen here and there, but you got to make that sure that that's the minimum amount of plays that he gets taken down. You got to make sure that your wide receivers have safe hands, which, by the way, yesterday, Hunter Renfro, what a day. Shout out to the Rams PR squad. We were out in Los Angeles, and um, uh, my friend Robbie from Fox 5, photographer for Fox 5, who's always out there with um, Kevin Bollinger, he told me, dude, if you can, go to L.A. That's the best video you'll be able to shoot all year long because over here in Vegas, we play by the Josh McDaniels rules. A little bit more secretive. We shoot only the stretching period and the individual periods. Besides that, no more periods. Yesterday, we shot one-on-ones, which was entertaining. And I saw I recorded a video of Hunter Renfro breaking some ankles out there on the field with some nasty moves. A healthy Hunter Renfro? Ooh-wee. That smells trouble for any opposition for the silver and black. And Renfro last year, unfortunately, injuries, the concussion in week two, they limited his production. Hunter Renfro healthy and Josh McDaniel's system can be something, a thing of beauty for fans. We saw what he could do during that 2021 season that was fantastic for him. Now let's make something better this year. Yeah, it's a crowded wide receiver room, but guess what? The ball is going to be spread when you got a Devontae Adams. He might get double covered. That opens opportunities for other players. Jacoby Myers, a hell of a ball player. If he's out there and Renfro is too, somebody's going to be open or somebody's going to get open. And Jimmy G, we know that he is effective out there on the field. Josh McDaniels, let's hear another quote from him about uh, what he got going on with the players trying to be find ways to just be better every day. Yeah, I mean, again, it's their standard. It doesn't matter what we talk about in the meeting room or what I want it to be at the end of the day. 
uh, we're we're trying to hold a standard, but at, at the end of the day, they are the ones that gonna that they're gonna own it on the field. And uh, I think we have great leadership. They've done a fantastic job of trying to get everybody to play up to that standard. And uh, we'll see if we can meet it today. You see, that's something that these players they're not satisfied when they don't see greatness on the field. They want to be great. They want to win. You heard Max Crosby pissed off last week after one of those practices. He's like, I'm I he he wants to be in the playoffs. He wants to be contending for championships. He's not satisfied with making what is it, ninety eight point ninety eight million dollars, which is a number that his extension went up to. He's not in it for, for that, of course. The money is good. Money is great. We're all happy with money, but he wants to be great, not just individually. He wants to be great collectively. He wants to be that guy that returns the Raiders to the greatness that we speak about with the team of the decades, with those three Super Bowl championships, with all those legends that when you walk through Allegiant Stadium and you see all those retired numbers and you're like, not retired numbers, sorry, the players that are in the Hall of Fame because the Raiders don't retire numbers. If they retired numbers, the current players wouldn't have any numbers to wear. Those pro football Hall of Famers, and you're like, wow, that legacy? Very few teams in the NFL have it. Problem is, there's a before and an after. It's like since 2002 to now, the team hasn't been up to that standard. And I got a feeling with guys like Max Crosby, like Devontae Adams leading the helm for these guys, for these fellas on the locker room, if you're not up to par, they'll call you out. Max Crosby, you look at him at practice, guys. I wish that fans would be able to watch practice. Like, I'm pretty much, I'm a fan. I'm a Raider fan. I got the fortune that I've been in sports broadcasting for 17 years now and that I'm actually calling the games now. And because I'm calling the games, I get access to practice. And I'm able to see all of that. And when I see a Max Crosby doing his thing out there on the field, just getting on uh, Matthew Stafford's grill and being every single time he's nearby, he's sack, sack, and he starts talking. It's like, hey, trouble on this side, trouble on this side. You better be ready. If not, we're going to go get you. You hear Max Crosby just telling them. It's a spoiler alert. It's like, hey, this is going to happen and you better be ready because he's confident and he knows what he's going to do. And what does Max Crosby want to do? He wants to make Raider Nation happy. He wants to make the black hole explode. And since 1995, the Black Hole Fan Club has been the foundation of the nation with over 40 chapters worldwide. If you bleed silver and black and want to connect with other diehard fans, then visit theblackhole.com and become an official member of football's most notorious fans. You'll get a Black Hole members-only shirt, 20% off all merchandise, and much more. Plus, you'll get exclusive exclusive access to member-only events and tickets. Become an official member of the Black Hole today. Visit theblackhole.com. Shout out to Mark Jones. I was able to have lunch with him on Monday, and he's ready for this football season with the Black Hole. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation. After it, Murph from Raiders Van Radio will be joining me to talk more silver and black football.